Hello. Welcome back to the Creative Chit Chat Podcast. We're up to episode number 74 this week and I'm joined by illustrator Lauren Morsley. Uh, she just recently graduated from DJCAD from illustration and it's just this episode's a real nice insight into that process of post-graduation. Um, what what actually happens? What do you do? And we we talk about um, where Lauren maybe feels that uh, her university education or university experience was lacking, um, and what she didn't get out of that to take take things to the next step. Um, but also the the experience of post. Uh, finishing the course and going down to exhibit at New Blood. Um, she won a One to Watch award and then was part of the academy there and we went to that experience as well. Um, and then she talks about uh, sustaining herself as a freelancer. And that, I mean, that's it's really interesting to get that that perspective um, straight straight out of university. And I think Lauren, I think what surprises me a lot about her is she's very relaxed um, she's got confidence in her work because it's fantastic, um, but there's no rush. I think there's there's no sort of immediate need to go. Oh, I need to be selling a million prints and doing all this, that, and the other. She's given her career a bit of time to develop and grow in the way that she wants it to, and I think that is is really to be commended. Um, she makes some really, really interesting points. She talks about how she is signed up for Universal Credit. I know that's been talked about a lot in the press, but uh, Lauren talks about how she's using it and using that structure to build her freelance career alongside having a part-time job. And yeah, I mean, it is. I hope that there are people maybe third year, fourth year listening to this and it gives them a bit of insight into what actually happens and how to prepare for that the end of, of university um, better. And I hope there's people out there thinking about, well, how do we make that experience better? How do we support these people better? Because if we can support them better, we can keep them in the city. Um, and I think that is, that's really key and it's a problem that needs solved. And again, I mean, I don't have the answer to that in an introduction to a podcast, but yeah. Let's solve it. Um, and one other thing um, that Lauren has been part of is the 12 by 12 uh, D&D project, which I'm running at the moment within BrewDog. Um, so every month for a year, I'm putting in a new artist or designer's work uh, for sale and they display five to seven prints for a month and all the work is £10 each. So each of the prints, they're A3 prints and they're all selling for £10. So you can either drop into BrewDog and buy them there and you can see the artist's work from that month or you can drop onto the website and see all the prints that have been out so far and you can contact the artist um, and get them all again for £10. So Lauren has already exhibited um, and her prints are up on the website so it's 12x12dnd.co.uk if you want to check out that and all the others work and I think we're almost up to number four four um going up but there will be um for the next sort of eight months there'll be new artists slash designers going up every month um yeah so go and check out that project and also i mean if you'd be interested in hosting that project in a bar restaurant cafe um give me a shout because i am looking for new venues um to take on the project and yeah you can have fresh new artwork up every month from great local designers um yeah, I mean, having an amazing project uh, that's supporting the local community, but is also bringing life to the walls of, of wherever you are. But yeah, that's it for this week. Let's get into the episode. Um, so this is number 74, and this is with Lauren Morsley. So I grew up in Kirkcaldy, um, so it's a wee, wee coastal town, So, and uh, Matt, parents are quite creative themselves so I've always been encouraged to do that um uh, and unlike my friends that's kind of where I wanted to go to for uni um and so when it came to applying for uni Dundee was like a really good choice for me uh, it wasn't too far from home I am a home home bird um but it also was like the most flexible because I quite like doing loads of different things and general foundation year was a really good choice to 
explore what I wanted to do and to make sure that illustration was what it was. Um, so did you know at that point that's what you wanted to do, like your interest was illustration? I yeah, I kind of I kind of knew from the start illustration is what I wanted to do. I actually applied straight into second year as well. Okay. And I got a conditional for that, but I decided to just do that extra year before to make sure. Um, so why did you why did you apply straight to second year? Just because I thought, oh, I had that extra choice on my like your cast as well, and I thought, well, I'll just see how it is, and because it was a one to one interview with the tutors, get a feel for like what illustration bases um and i kind of grew up with a lot of art in my house so we have like quite a few ralph steadman um pieces and things like that um because he was he was lived close to my family down in england um and that was kind of like the start of the inspiration of being an illustrator although my work is completely different um I, yeah and uh then going through uni it really I did I did did take me a huge amount of time to actually get into uni first year and second year I didn't really do that well so when you say get into uni what do do you mean by that like just get used to what the kind of format was and briefs as well like I found difficult to understand what people were asking for and it's just because like you don't do any of that in high school you don't do anything to a brief you do the kind of SQA um set format instead so it did take me a while and kind of I didn't know what kind of art was me as well like the whole style kind of thing so it's that like cliched like finding yeah like I I think there's a huge amount of pressure for that and I did feel that at uni um quite a bit uh, but I, like looking back, I wish I didn't because like I don't believe in that really. Like, do you think that, like, was there an emphasis on you finding your own style? Yeah, I, f- I felt there was quite a bit of that. Um, I also I think also like each of my projects I did were very quite different, and it's because I I was a bit lost in like what I wanted to do. Um, so I understand like. They were just kind of trying to push it, but I felt a bit more pressure than I, I, I wanted to. Um, and then I, I found printmaking at the end of the second year, start of third year, and that really helped push my work forward. Um, I started to re- like really think about that process of printmaking and applied it to all areas of art. And that helped, that kind of just switched that light bulb into like how I produce work and Although it doesn't have to be the same kind of look each piece, the process behind it is. And that's the way I've kind of gone down rather than um, than everything looking the same. So when you're talking about printmaking, is that is that screen printing specifically or is it lots of different? Yeah, screen print. I started with Litho, but screen printing was where I kind of got really into it. So just the process of making an image and doing it in layers really helped um, me think about my making work for some reason. Um, so even if I did a dig- digital piece, I would always think of it as if I was making a screen print. Um, and that just, yeah, it just kind of made everything a lot easier and um, I enjoyed the process a lot more. So you do you still do, like, as you say, like, um, think of everything like a screen print when you do any piece of work now? Is that something Yeah, that's... pretty much. The only exception is really ceramics, but even then I've done some, pr- I've tested printing on ceramics as well. Um, but, yeah, like, I've pretty much most of the work I see it as a kind of experiment, like, of screen printing. Um and most of my, my digital work, you could just take the layers and screen print it as it is normally. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's really, really helped. <laughs> so kind of coming into your your fourth year, mm-hmm. um, what was your your final year? So your degree show um, project. Um, I the projects I it took me the first semester was quite a rough, rocky one. Um, I think with dissertation, it was definitely a, a wee bit of a struggle, but I did enjoy, I did enjoy the, the, the 
um, business side of our dissertation. Um, and because it was a business enterprise uh, one, like we got experience of what it's going to be like after uni. Um, so the pro- projects kind of didn't go so well for that one. But then when it came to the second semester, I really honed in on the big, and that's when I did my two book projects. And um, I had the Batsford Prize. And I then went back and redid a couple of the uh, smaller projects from the first semester as well. Um, So overall, I was happy at the end. But in the middle, I was kind of like, oh, fourth year. (laughs) Um, which and I feel like the fourth years that I know now are start just starting to feel that themselves. Um, I think there's always a point at which you sort of click on or like yeah you realise like the impending doom of the end. <laughs> yeah, I think I think at the start I was c- kind of like ready to go and I didn't really I wasn't focused on like the grade or anything like that. I just wanted to make work that I liked and that I felt was pushing myself. But I didn't feel like that's what I was doing. So that's what kind of made me a bit um, fumbly at the start. And I didn't. it wasn't until after I came back from uh, winter that um, I started to really think about what I wanted in my portfolio. What do I want my portfolio to say about me as a, like an illustrator? Um, yeah, and I just yeah kept pu- it's all about that. Just keep pushing and. So what 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 was it that you wanted your portfolio to say? Um, I wanted it to say, um, uh, like. I I wanted it to be fun and whimsical, but also tell stories like, from the exciting stories to kind of like the mundane stories. So like my music practice, um, project, it's kind of taking all these like whimsical characters playing different musical instruments but showing the practice behind it so not the final like piece um it's showing the kind of the regular routine behind it and to get to that stage Uh, I played a lot of music when I was younger as well so um I always found practicing music really boring I just wanted to be good at it and like have the final thing um but I realise now that that's, it's what's needed and you can find fun in that as well. Um, uh, and yeah, now I really enjoy like doing the practising to get to that, um, that point. Um, and it relates to the art as well. Uh, but yeah. And so like through your, your work that you have up online in your portfolio, <laughs> I mean, there, there's definitely themes through that. Yeah. So... Um, who particular colour palettes and mm-hmm. it's quite a lot of animals mm-hmm. again as you said like musical instruments mm-hmm. um, and you used like nudes in quite a few of the, mm-hmm. the sort of projects you've worked on so yeah. like where where does your inspiration come from and where do you find the, the sort of subject matter for your work um, I kind of I take it from either personal experience or stories I've heard or um, like my seconds project I did in fourth year, um, it's based on the old ceramic uh, factories in Kirkcaldy and um, how we still get glimpses of those stories from now uh, within the sea pottery that gets washed up. And they used to be f- from all the, the seconds uh, ceramics that people would chuck in the water. And now, 100 years later, they're still coming through. And... I found that really interesting, just how stories can like be shown, but in not necessarily in words, just in all sorts of different ways. Um, so some of them are kind of based on real uh, life, kind of histo- history or stories I've been told like that, or some are just personal experiences like the music practice book um, with a more kind of, whimsical char- uh, children's character book um, I kind of try and match up whether it's with the story with kind of what it's going to be um, quite early on and then develop it from there um, yeah and yeah I think a lot of my work has been more on the um, 
t- storytelling and kids books and things like that but I want it in a way that adults would enjoy it too not just specifically to kids um and that's kind of how my work's gone on for at the moment anyway so how was the the process of getting into ceramics how did that work um i we yeah i think i just i went up uh, my friend ruth does a lot of ceramics and had been doing it uh at uni and uh i went out with her and just started talking to sean and uh, I didn't realise really how much you could do with ceramics when originally I just thought, oh, make some cups and things like that. But you, I, I kind of take it on form, like more kind of figure forms and like creating just quirky pieces. Um, and uh, the ceramics department is really, really amazing at the uni and you can just go up and play and... It's a really good way to experiment, I find, having something physical in your hand and just not really caring what it's going to be at the start and then making something. Um, So that's how I kind of started. And then it developed into making some actual cups and functional pieces, but then also the characters from books. And um, during the degree show, when I had them up on the wall, it was like really cool just to see people's reactions to like the characters, but in a f- physical form, it really kind of brings that bit more immersive um, feeling into the project, having something right there, not just on a page or a print. Um, so I re- yeah, I really enjoy ceramics and I hope to do more in future too. So- so how was um, Degree Show? Uh, how was that experience um, at DigiCAD? Yeah, it was really good. It was quite a whirlwind. went really quick. Um, opening night was really nice, just seeing everyone's work up final. There was that overall sense of relief on everyone. Um, I think I didn't really have any expectations necessarily from Degree Show. Um, um, and I think... Some other people did, and um, they're happy with the way it went. Some people didn't, and uh, have like didn't feel it was like as special as it was meant to be. But I think overall, everyone really enjoyed it, and it's so something. Th- when you're talking about those expectations of, of other people, mm-hmm. I mean, are, are you talking about they expected to sell a whole lot of work, or I mean, what is it they're looking for out of it? I don't know for sure. I think because um, it's kind of shown as like a place where you get quite a few opportunities, um, whether that being people contacting you for work or selling stuff or things like that. I think some people, it, everyone's experience was a bit different. I think overall, though, everyone did really enjoy it and got um, what they wanted out of it. Um, but, I yeah, I think it is kind of built up as, like, this end thing when really, like, I should I think there should be more encouragement and like projects ahead as well and like, pro, pro, like doing things like that beforehand too. Um, but it is yeah, it's a really nice way just to kind of celebrate the end of uni, and show off like what you've been working so hard on. Um, so that, I mean, it is the it's the pinnacle. It's it's mm-hmm. the end point of um, four years. Yeah. Um, of work and it's you sort of introducing yourself to the world mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think in my experience as well people think oh well someone will just turn up and give me a job yeah. or yeah I might sell a bunch of pieces or, or whatever and that's mm-hmm. maybe not it's not necessarily the reality it is for some people yeah. but not for everyone mm-hmm. um, and yeah I mean a lot of the, the audience's friends family mm-hmm. people that you know coming to see what you've created mm-hmm. Um and maybe yeah, maybe there should be a bit more of a focus on bringing those those people who have the jobs to give or that would be interested. Like that are more the, the people that you should be speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, was there any emphasis on on trying to do that or? Um, I think it depends on each department. I can't say for everyone, but I think in illustration, because we have our portfolios, there is an emphasis on making sure you're speaking to people. Um, have your business cards topped up, th- that kind of thing. Um, I think it would be quite good as an idea for people to maybe contact companies that they like 
beforehand as well and invite them to the degree show whether they come uh, whether they come or not but like kind of have that experience of because at the end of the day once you finish degree show you still need to keep working on that and bringing people in it's not the end of like that's me sorted for the rest of my career kind of thing it's just the start yeah. yeah so um I think that would be quite a good thing to do I didn't do it myself but I kind of looking back I'm like oh maybe I should have um kind of marketed a bit more in that sense um I know with illustration and graphics and that we have uh our shows in London as well so there's a big emphasis on kind of um networking for that but so, not yeah, everyone you, goes to that either yeah so. So you've led me nicely on my next question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um because yeah I mean there has been a big shift to doing that I mm-hmm. mean um I think when I was leaving art school we got offered that and we decided as a year it wasn't quite right for us but then yeah. beyond that um I think pretty much every year has gone to new designers and mm-hmm. then um the illustration and graphics you guys go to new blood yeah right? um so so as you say like not but that it's a it's an opt-in mm-hmm. opportunity um that you have to fund yourself yeah right? yeah we, uh, so um our group uh, I think there was about there's nine in total at the end um however there was a few more but throughout the year um due to different circumstances um a couple of people ended up not going so that's nine out of how many um i th- think there is between 25 and 30 i can't quite remember because a couple okay. of people didn't finish the final year they were going to redo it okay. um so it's maybe about a third of the yeah, class about yeah about a third and uh I think, yeah, we kind of set it so we did different fundraisers through the year. So we managed to get the majority of the table uh, cost and then we'd each just pay for our accommodation and our flight separately. So when you say, can you explain table cost? Cause I'm not really so sure you get, um, there's like certain space, for, like a certain amount for each kind of space. Um, so they're kind of done on tables, although it's like a kind of alcove bit each. Uh, so one table would be as i think it was about two thousand two hundred quid okay for the um festival uh so between nine it was um yeah quite a bit but we managed to raise about 1600 and then we just had to subsidize the extra um and then luckily we booked the hostel that we we're staying in and our flights a bit early so and our hostel was just under 100 quid and then our flights were about 30, 40. So it wasn't too, like, too bad overall when it's divided, but it is an extra cost that not everyone can afford or see that they could afford at that time because you have to, like, you have to sign up to it at the start of the year. Mm. Um, so how did you raise that, that, that £1,600? <clears throat> so we did um, we did a, a, cl- a calendar. So we each did a month and... Um, sold that uh we did some fairs we did decon we did a rooms night at the nightclub um we did that in january and that raised like a huge a big our big chunk of it um and we i'm sure we did a couple other things but it was it it wasn't too um much that it was taking over our kind of studies as well um we kind of we split it so that each person kind of organised a different aspect of it, which was quite good. Um, we could have did, d- done more as well to raise their extra, but I think we got a good balance because we still were able to f- focus our, more of our time on the actual work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we got, we got one table, so it fits around 10 people on average. Um, and it was good. It was a good space. We set up like uh, one up in the studio as well to kind of see how we would lay it out before we went to. Um, but some people, it depends on what people wanted to do after you need to. So not ev- not everyone felt that was the way they wanted to go or that their work suited that kind of market either. And the tutors all, uh, emphasize that as well. Like they can't say for sure what you're going to get out of it, but it's kind of what you make of it. Um, but again, it's another 
that's another show that's going on it's previous years of prestige the the people that it pulls in it's gonna i mean in london there's there's a lot more people working in the industry yeah to give you jobs um but then it's as you say it's down to whether um the graduates want to go to london Mm -hmm. right yeah no for sure i like i knew even before i went down i wouldn't want to live in london uh i wouldn't want to like work there myself um a lot of my family lived down in england so i've been there quite a few times um but it being there in the festival was a really good way of just meeting people um and i didn't feel like that pre- i didn't feel that pressure from there that i had to live in london um i think also in, as an illustrator it's a bit easier because you can work from different places but if you're going in if you wanted to work for an agency like it's a bit different um but yeah i think every everyone we kind of knew from the years before what they had said about dnad that it is partly down to luck and partly how who you contact and who you kind of network yourself um some people came away with um from the years before with some work and then some people didn't but then continued um contacting those people and um so we kind of we kind of had we weren't entirely sure what we were going to get out of it um luckily for me when I went down I managed to get a new blood award when I was there and I got an offer to go on their new blood academy as well um so I felt the new blood experience was really good for me and I like uh, my experience was like I wouldn't change it and I would it it was like kind of the best best I could have ever hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we go into talk about the academy, mm-hmm. um, so like how looking at all the other like universities that were mm-hmm. exhibiting there, how did you feel that DJ CAD measured up and felt compared to the rest of the room? I th- felt like I felt like it was really really good the way we had our workout. Some as some universities because they're courses were a lot the number of people were a lot bigger they had double stand like double tables double stands um so they managed to create a bit more of like 3d work in between to like tie it all together that kind of thing so they maybe there was there was like a an award for like best stand and things like that um but i think dj cad really held its own and the way it has changed over the years. So last the year before did it a bit differently. They had their work on mounted boards with a bit of text and things like that, which some universities do. But this year we actually brought down our work um, fully um, and had it in a really nice, like collective way. Um, so I, yeah, I felt DJ Cad did a really well, good job of using the space well. Um, and were there like particular others that you thought, wow, they're like, yeah, this, this uh, I can't remember what university it was, but the stand across from us had like a big wooden uh, shopping cart thing that they had made, and they were all wearing all matching socks and had the same t-shirts as each other, and it was it was sauce or something that was on it, and they wore the same ones like every day they came in, and we were just sat, like standing across from it, like, oh my god, they're so organised. Um, and a lot of the universities have books as well that have everyone's working and a bit about themselves and that. And we wish we actually did that. We were, um, we just ran out of time and didn't organise it well enough. Um, that does really help when it comes to um, uh, festivals like that, having a booklet where people can just take away it all together. Um, so, I, I, yeah, looking back... I wish we had done that. Um, but yeah, some of the stalls were a bit quite crazy. There was, yeah, it's uh, some of them put in like a huge amount of effort to stand out. Um, so it's, it's quite fun to meet those people behind that as well. So yeah, so on to so the academy, mm-hmm. uh, this was an amazing opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, but again, something I don't really know much about. So how, how does that work? Yeah, I had no idea about the academy before I went to the, uh, the festival. Um, it's a kind of it's a two week uh, kind of boot camp, uh, and you stay um, and work 
within um, D&ED and uh, they have numerous talks, you do different workshops, you do, do a lot of presentations. Um, so it's quite different to what I was ever used to. Um, the majority of the um, uh, people on the boot camp were uh, pencil winners from their awards. Um, so they had worked on projects and they were kind of like the best of the, each of those uh, briefs. And then... And you uh, were brought in because you were picked out from the from the show. Yeah, so they do. F- they have five places for um, people who have won New Blood Awards. And um, there were actually, I think they were all illustrators as well. So the majority of the pencil winners were either advertisers um, or art directors that, or graphic designers. But within New Blood Awards, it means uh, they, um, yeah, they brought in some different uh, skill sets so um, it was really interesting because it was a completely different world to what I've ever done and um, you get to work with an agency like they split you into groups as well so um, we got my group got to work with AKQA down in London and uh, that was a whole different experience being in their offices seeing how they work um, and the kind of work as well is quite different to what I've done. Um, but it was a, so I kind of fell out of like my comfort zone. Um, quite a couple of nights where I was like kind of almost crying, like sh- not sure why, I sh- why I'm here and why, I sh- why they want me here. But I soon realized like why, because it's like, it is just a really good way of bringing creatives from all sorts of different areas uh, to create work. And I think that's when the best work is made, when you have people from completely different um, specialisms. And, uh, yeah, it was an overall, like, really good experience. All the people were lovely. Um, so what kind of work were you, were you doing at that <clears throat> point? So we did um, different workshops and presentations during the, the first week, which were kind of uh, advertising-based. And the last week we got to work with the agency and we got set a brief um, and it was to do a, an immersive um, uh, like a launch uh, night for the Google Pixel 2. Um, so we got set a, um, a location which was in the like different locations within the Truman Brewery area and uh, we had different specifications and we had to come up with a night to sell this Google Pixel 2. And um, it was uh, really interesting. Uh, my group did amazing. They were so, like, um, the, my partners were like, they were really amazing at what they do. And um, at the end of the week, the, you have to present it all to all these people that have been invited. So all these agencies, um, a lot of the DNAD people um, and all the rest of the academy, which there's 50 of us, so quite a lot of people in one room. Um, and I'm not a, a speaker at all. Like, I, I it was very nerve-wracking speaking in front of all those people. Um, but it's something that I felt really helped me um, just, yeah, push me out of my comfort zone and... Uh, I really enjoyed it, which I didn't think I would. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was, it's very different to anything I've done at home. And uh, I didn't really know what it was about beforehand. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a really good experience. And so what... What happens next? So university's finished, the mm-hmm. exhibit is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, what at that point? What What's your plans? What 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 did you see the future being? Um, I have to admit, I felt when I got back home after spending nearly a month in London, I felt like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing now. Luckily, I had met a couple of people during the DND, um, so I did get a couple of commissions that have. Um, one of them's still going at the moment. Um, however, other other than that, it was really kind of 
uh, pushing to find out what I wanted to do more. So I did, I did have my work in an exhibition. Um, I've done some new work for uh, different projects and um, I'm actually working on uh, setting up a proposal for an exhibition next year as well. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of hoping to just set myself as a business and um, push myself to promote and uh, just meet more people and uh, take it from there. I'm not. I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself because I feel like I'm just not going to enjoy it that way. Um, I have got a part-time job as well to just keep things going. Um, so uh, I don't know, anything can happen from here, which I quite like. It's the first time where I've not had like a set schedule on what I've been doing. Going from high school to uni and then now I can just, it's a bit more like freedom, which is scary, but a good scary. Um, and I'm looking forward to just being part of different fun projects and seeing where it kind of leads. Because you're also exhibiting um, in a couple of places at the moment as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've just well, I finished one at Dock Street Studios um, and uh, I had work up in Brewdog. Um, and... Uh, but I've not actually currently got anything exhibitions right now. Um, there, I have got. I do want to do a pr- proposal for the generator projects because I was asked to do that. So I'm going to put that forward because um, that would be a really cool thing to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to kind of develop a project for m- and my own exhibition and hopefully towards the end of next year, actually be able to find somewhere to do it. Um, either w- whether it's my, just myself or me and a couple of, of other graduates, um, I'm unsure, but that's hope, that's kind of a, a sort of plan. <laughs> um, so th- obviously d- you've decided to stay mm-hmm. around here, um, if not directly in Dundee. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? <laughs> Yeah. Why not? Why not just run down to London and hit up some contacts and try and <laughs> make it work there? I feel there's a, uh, there is a big pressure to move down to London, and for me, I don't want to kind of submit to that. I want to be somewhere where I I want to be, and I f- really feel where I live in Fife and Dundee, it is starting to pick up a wee bit, um, but there is a huge way to go. And I, th- I think I want to be part of that and be hopefully build up the, the art scene up here. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like people should feel the need to go down to London. Um, it's, yeah, you, there is more opportunities, but there's a lot more people com- competing for those opportunities. And I feel like why not just make them for yourself up here if you can't find them up here? Um, Although there is great organisations that, uh, like Creative Scotland and all that, that well, that do help as well. Um, but yeah, I think Fife in particular needs a big revamp, and I um, definitely want to try and encourage that myself. Um, but yeah, because I mean, so you've come out of the JCAD, and your goal is to be a. A full-time freelance mm-hmm. illustrator, but at the moment that's not fully realised because you're still having to sustain yourself mm-hmm. with a a part-time job. Um, so what what I'm interested in is is how like where are the where are the gaps in that? What could have been done, or what would you like to have learned or have known in order to accelerate the process of, of going full-time freelance or helping you get into that world like what do you feel that that was lacking that was that was missed that you could have got from the university or from other places um that would have helped you become full-time freelance like straight out of university mm-hmm. i think um there's a mixture of things that are just within the um uh, within the art and design scene, and then there's overall like society 
issues. Um, I think it is a lot harder just to even be able to like live on your own and not rely on parents. I, at the moment, still live, I live at home, um, but it, I'm unable to afford to move anywhere else. I think those kind of deep-rooted issues do affect, trickle down to all areas. In terms of art and design, um, I would say there is a big, there is big gaps in kind of the way uni is, and I'm, I'm not meaning just DJ CAD. I think in general, um, there isn't a good kind of after. Uh, words from uni when you graduate they kind of just like that's it once unless you become kind of bigger and have made it then they kind of want you to come back and like though but they don't I, don't I feel like there's not that much in place to encourage or help um the students uh kind of Oh, yeah, it's difficult because, like, I do feel like self, like, doing it yourself as well. Like, there, you need to keep pushing at it, and it is difficult, and it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I don't know what these extra steps would be, but if there was a couple extra steps within uni that helped you after uni to um, get yourself out there, because I mean, is there much of a? You mentioned portfolios before, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, is there much of a focus in that last year? Obviously, you've got a lot of deadlines. You've got projects. Mm-hmm. You've got degree show. You've got all the other things going on. But um, is there much on planning your your future? Um, not not for everyone. Luckily, I took the business enterprise dissertation, which was a very good insight into creating your own business, whether it's just you yourself or creating a business um, that's larger, um, that did really help. So I kind of, there was certain things I knew and that that was from tutors, but also just the general um, research you have to do yourself for your dissertation, you can then relate to afterwards. But I know with particularly fine art and things like that, they don't have that opportunity to take that, dis- that module. And, um, you're, you are kind of left to just figure your way out. Um, and uh, it, I, I, it is difficult. There's also that pressure to to have to make it uh, like as soon as you finish uni or within the first year, which is very, like, not at all. Um, where, do you, where do you think that pressure comes from? I'm not entirely sure. I think um, part of it is just the general... Uh, kind of way the the industry is, but I think also um, with like your Instagram and things like that, you always look at art, your artists and your other classmates, and you're seeing them do all these things, um, and you then put that pressure on yourself because you feel like you have to keep up with them. And being Mental Health Awareness Day the other day, um, I think it was like a really good. Um, like key thing with that and having a creative business is there is you are allowed to not do anything at some point you need to and you are allowed to like take a day off which I feel like for myself I felt I couldn't because I need to keep where I've not made it yet so I've not I've not I've not got to a point where I, I can relax and not worry about bills or things like that um, and so, I mean, that that's quite an interesting point. Again, it's a, it's a common theme of the podcast. But um, from your perspective, um, when you say made it, mm-hmm. um, what what do you need to have made it? I don't know. I think I think for a lot of people, people just want to be able to do their. Um, the profession they want to fill time without worrying about um, the like the cost of living or things like that. For me, I've just want I'd like I'd love for my work to be able to be my income. Um, I'm not money focused when it comes to that. However, I do know reality and like you do have to pay the bills and you do. Ha- uh, so for me, I would ideally like to be able to. Um, 
look after myself with with that income. Uh, eat that I kind of get. I guess that made it thing is each each person's uh, like it's different for each person. Um, but I do kind of th- think to myself sometimes like, oh, you're not doing enough. You're not like pushing yourself out there in that as much. You're not doing enough work. Um, when really, um, I shouldn't be doing that because actually it hinders the work itself and. Um, it's yeah, it, yeah. It's a tricky situation. Um, I mean, I think, it, it's great to have that that sense of perspective so early yeah. in your career to to see that if yeah, if you're you're too focused on just pushing everything out and mm-hmm. and making it, then yeah, that the work will suffer for that. Yeah, I I think for me, like I love art and I it's something I want to do forever. But I do love other things, and I do want to um, travel the world and all these kind of things. And um, I think when you're focused on one thing for so long, for me anyway, it just gets too much. And um, I think have balance is like a really um, good thing uh, that I kind of go by. So, um, so what other like artists, illustrators? designers creatives do you look up to and that inspire you um so you have i have like kind of a variety like i love uh nina braun uh, i love her printmaking um it's uh really cool and it is very kind of the the kind of genres that i um, pick up on um i love the classics like Ralph Steadman and everything like that. Um, I grew up with that kind of work as well. Um, but I actually get, the most inspiring thing I get is from people that I've worked with and I've uh, been to uni with and seeing them progress as well. Um, and for them to find their way through it too. Because um, at the end of the day, if you what you see on Instagram is only a snippet and it's all most people t- just put their best stuff up but when you can see the kind of progression behind it that's a really g- cool thing um and i like that transparency if if there's like a site that shows more than just the final image i li- i quite li- i like doing that i li- i like seeing that um and hope i'm hoping to kind of move towards that with my own um website and and social media and that and show a bit more of the the behind the scenes and the things that didn't work out so well um I've already had a commission that uh, I did the work for but it's not gone ahead to production so that was a big my first commission after uni and although I've been paid for it and like the work's there it's not lost it didn't go into production and that was like a real hit towards me because I was like is this what the rest of them is going to be um but i'm actually really proud of that still like even though it wasn't go didn't go into full fruition and i'm gonna talk about that as well on my accounts and make sure people realize that it, like nothing goes to plan and you shouldn't worry about that as well i think it's a really it's a great point and i think mm-hmm. it's like the process of design or, or art is it's often very difficult to document in a mm-hmm. way that well, I know, personally, I feel it's very difficult to document in a way that I feel happy with, yeah. because you're showing the unfinished, the scrappy, mm-hmm. the the sketchy, the the stuff that is sort of hidden behind the scenes, and what you celebrate as this end product. Mm-hmm. It's one thing that you create, um, and it's it's finding mechanisms and ways to to talk about it, to mm-hmm. show it in this unfinished state, but still celebrate that end mm-hmm. product, mm-hmm. Um, which is is very difficult. Um, so if you find a good way, let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky at the moment. I've been kind of doing it more on like the Insta stories, that kind of thing, showing it as I go because they're kind of like just the day thing, and it it's more of a uh, like journal almost. Uh, I think with uni because we've always had to um, uh, like photograph our progression, like in ceramics, for instance, like each step I would photograph to put in my sketchbook. So even doing things like that and then um, is quite uh, 
quite interesting and then sharing those kind of sketchbooks with people is really cool um uh, but yeah, it is very nerve-wracking putting anything out that's not finished and that you're not happy with because, um, yeah, you just want you just want to show your best work and that's what you work towards. But actually, I find the the other stuff quite interesting too. Because there's there's a lot of external factors. So I mean, the reason things don't go into production could be nothing to do with the artwork itself. It could be to do with a market trend. It could be to do yeah. with cost. It could be so many different mm -hmm. factors. Um, and you see it in, like in design work as well. That the, there's so many factors that go into the end product. So there's maybe restrictions on technology or devices or yeah. um, client feedback or changing user um, like behaviors or things like that. So they all affect how the initial vision changes. Mm -hmm. And you, you you don't tell that story. So mm -hmm. you sometimes you feel like the work that goes out isn't exactly how you want it to be, but you realize it has to be in order for it to go out. Mm -hmm. Um, has to be that way sorry and it can be a bit disheartening but you, you're right that you don't often tell that, that true story of the process and I think it, it's very hidden away and I think that also leads to this sort of Instagram culture of showing the shiny things at the end and putting that on a, too much of a of a pedestal mm -hmm. and not really showing all the stuff that's that's gone gone in to lead that and it leads to a lot of criticism so you could show something that there's a piece of work that's gone out into the world but actually people slate it but then they don't appreciate why it is the way it is because that story hasn't been told yeah no definitely and I think I, I'm guilty of it myself like putting things that I, I know are finished and that's at the moment anyway that's what I've been doing because I didn't really post that that well uh, during uh, my last my last year of uni um, so I'm start, but then I am aware that Maybe I should put some things of like unfinished work or work that didn't go to plan or, um, and I think that's not just good for myself because it kind of gives that um, like it's okay that things aren't going like well, but hopefully like for others as well it kind of shows like like I'm um, like gives them that relief like they're fine as well like everyone's fine. Um, you just got to keep keep going with it and uh, uh, eventually uh, if you put enough work into it or and a bit of luck in there you'll get to where you want to be where whatever that that is so across the, the spread of graduates the, the, the your classmates um what what are people doing so where have they where have they gone what are they doing um a couple of them have kind of taken some time off uh, and then some people have gone straight into commission work um, um, I've got a friend who's setting up her own ceramic studio which is pretty cool um, so I think uh, some have gone into teaching as well um, so there is a huge mixture and I think for, like for me anyway I still don't know what I'm doing and I think quite a few people are still in that boat as well um, <clears throat> if not uh, if not most um, there's some people from other studios that are have went down to London and are working for agencies there some are working for agencies in Glasgow and Edinburgh as well um, so there, there is a there is a big mixture there isn't as many people going to London as I thought there would be or that I know of anyway um, so that's that's pretty cool that a lot of people have still stayed like a lot of the people I know have stayed in Scotland so um, it's cool because then we can still collaborate and things like that from wherever we are here um, yeah it's good and, and hopefully it means that there's more opportunities arising here and I think I mean I really hope that the next year to two years we see a lot more of that um, mm -hmm. happening in Dundee um, and a lot more of the, the sort of talent retention and I think mm -hmm. it's it's really important to, to sort of listen to people like yourself who've just come out and what, what their needs are mm -hmm. um, and how we can I mean how the university can be helping how the creative community can be helping how mm -hmm. people like I mean council and other sort of bodies like that could be helping and it's how does everyone club together to sort of grow this creative ecosystem if mm -hmm. you like and, and help us get more great people here and staying here yeah and I, can, I see it a lot more in Dundee um especially with like the VNA and everything like that there is uh, there has been a bit of an increase um 
and I'm hoping fi- like Fife will like follow suit. Um, I do. I like. I. I. I quite pa- recently passionate about it because there is a lot of um, just even the shops leaving Kirkcaldy, and it sounds like a weird thing. Like, what? How does that relate to um, design? But it is like a huge deal because then people are not going to have those communities and makes it even harder for art communities to work within that um and uh i think that's a project that i would like to try and get involved in some way down the line um, is there anything um that you've been listening to watching reading recently that you would recommend to people hmm. <clears throat> um I've at, well, one thing I w- would recommend is I'm part. I've just signed on to um, the AOI, um, which is Association of Illustrators. They're based in London, but they're a really good organisation. So if you're kind of going down the um, illustration route and like it's a bit more like the commercial side, so you're looking at um, uh, contracts and negotiation and pricing and commissions and all that kind of thing, they're amazing. Um, it is like a monthly subscription, but they'll help you with everything. Um, and it's they've just got really good advice, uh, good opportunities as well. Um, they can, they'll look over your portfolios, see what you need to um, improve on or things like that as well. Um, so that's a kind of good source for after uni or even whilst you're at uni. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. Um, I would also like, which is it's something that I was never told about and at all until my my dad's self-employed as well. But with the kind of job center, they do the universal credit, which is a really good way for starting businesses. Um, so uh, you, if you're registered as self-employed, um, you have a meeting with them and everything, but they can put you on a startup plan for a year and they'll help fund you. But after every three months, you have a meeting with them and you show your progression. And um, as long as you keep pushing forward with your business um, and trying to increase your income and that kind of thing, um, they help you along the way. And it's a really good way just to even set goals because you can kind of get lost with everything. And this way, you, you kind of have to make sure you do this and this by this time to show that you're actually making the business. Um, so I've told a couple of my friends about that because uh, myself it is difficult to put the upfront money to making prints or stock or whatever and um, that's a kind of good way to help boost the business, a wee bit of funding but also a regimented like um, set goals that you have to reach with them. Um, and I don't think many people really know about that or don't like to talk about it because the whole kind of stigma about the job centre and kind of that kind of thing. Um, it's a really great, a great insight. I had no idea about yeah, that at all. So, so that's, I've be, I'm on it at the moment. So I've been put as gainfully uh, self-employed and uh, that's what I'm using to re- help start up my business. I mean, it sounds year. like a great structure and a support. That, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it... it lots of freelancers would definitely benefit mm-hmm. from yeah and i work part-time and i still i'm entitled to it uh so I, I work 18 hours at my part-time job and although i've got that income i'm still overall my income is a lot like lower than uh, it is to um to like look after yourself essentially so uh, yeah they do they really do help um so I would recommend looking that, into that if you're starting out too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if, if people want to find you, if they want to see your work, if mm-hmm. they want to buy your work, mm-hmm. uh, where can they do that? So you can go to my website. It's, Lauren, it's just my name, laurenmorsley.com. I've got my Instagram as well, the same, um, just Lauren Morsley. Uh, I have work in Red Dog Gallery and there'll be a couple other galleries on the way. Um, that'll all be updated through my my social media on my website as well so but they're the kind of two main points to reach me okay but yeah fab thank you for having me thank you (laughs) 
So thank you to Lauren. That was our episode. And I hope you gleamed insight out of that. I think it's a really honest take on someone straight out of university. And she gives some great advice. I mean, I think she's she has some really clear ideas and I think she's really focused on where she wants to go, but without having any pressure, without having that sort of monkey on her back that she needs to grow and, and make everything work right now and right now. And I think she's given herself time and I think that's extremely important, especially as a graduate, having that time to play and feel out and um, work out where you want to be. But yeah, um, and yeah, do go check out her work um, and also check out the project that she's been part of. So that's the 12 by 12, um, 12 artists in 12 months um, displaying uh, five to seven A3 prints and they're all available for £10. Um, so you can check that out. It's 12x12dnd.co.uk um, or drop into Brewdog and you can see the, the latest artist slash designer's work, which will be up. Yeah, um, and as far as the podcast goes, um, if you want to keep up to date with that, it's at CCC Dundee on Twitter and on Instagram, and it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee. And I've got a new bit for this. Hopefully by now, we should be available on Spotify. Ooh. Exciting, right? Yeah, so Spotify decided to, to open up the podcasting platform. So, um, yeah, Creative Chit Chat should hopefully be in there now because I submitted it a couple of days ago. So, so, yeah, this might be the future of podcasting. Who knows? Um, yeah, but anyway, go and follow, subscribe, like, do all that great stuff because it really helps. So, until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.